Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. I've been in the danger zone. <laughs> we got a bad My five stars. Yeah, Mongo. Huh? Yeah, my five. We got for you that. Jeff Harvey. How much is this guy worth? We'll play 21. Fuck you. What is going down, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Am I Still on the Air? Uh, you know, this is the spinoff show. This is where we kind of come together <clears throat> and we talk about something very specific. And typically, we get together, we do a lot of spoiler reviews when it comes to Am I Still on the Air? But we're going to do something special here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk X-Men. We're going to talk X-Men Legacy in film, X-Men The Journey, uh, you know, Fox X-Men, basically, is what it is. You know, Disney has bought out X-Men. Uh, well, I should say Disney bought out Fox, and they're now going to obviously relaunch X-Men over the next couple of years into their own MCU with their own style, with their own cast, and doing it on their own terms. Um, but before that, we had 19 years of X-Men films that Fox had done, um, 10 films in general, uh, 12 of you include the two Deadpool films, and, uh, you know, and we've had Hugh Jackman as one of the greatest comic book icons on screen ever, of course, as Wolverine. So, I am joined today by Friggins, who you've heard him before on this show with us, doing countdowns and doing spoiler reviews. He's a big X-Men fan, he's a big X-Men comic book fan, so he has that kind of perspective coming into it. And um, like I said, we're going to talk legacy, we're going to talk retrospective and just kind of X-Men through the Fox years. Now that Dark Phoenix has come out and it has ended everything, um, we're going to go through the whole legacy of X-Men on film. So... That's what we're doing here tonight, strap in, obviously spoilers could be dropped, I would expect that you have seen all these X-Men films by this point, maybe except for Dark Phoenix, but there's, you know, uh, if you didn't want to see it at this point, you're probably never going to see it, so it is what it is. Um, but yeah, strap on in, and let's talk some X-Men. So I want to say hi to my guest once again, Friggins, what up man? What up Don, thanks for having me on man, X-Men's my favorite, I'm so excited to talk about X-Men, uh, this is going to be a fun time. Hell yeah, so, you know, this was actually Friggin's idea to do this episode. He was like, now that Dark Phoenix is out, we should talk X-Men. And I was like, you know what? That sounds pretty good, you know, because instead of just a typical, you know, we could have just got together and talked Dark Phoenix and did a spoiler review or something. But uh, I like the fact that, you know, uh, this is this is a film legacy. This is 10 plus films uh, that have come and gone. There's some really solid films in here. I love the X-Men film franchise. And now that it basically is over in the, you know, previous incarnation that it was, it's a great time to wrap it up and kind of talk through it all. So, uh, great definitely, idea. Definitely. Yeah, great idea. Let's, you know, we'll run through it. And, um, you know, like I said, basically 10 films going back to the year 2000, uh, if we stick to the straight Crazy. X-Men side of things. Now, some people love to include the Deadpool films as... They're loosely a part of the X-Men canon franchise. Obviously, there's name drops, there's little cameos here and there. So if you throw in the two Deadpool movies, we're talking 12 films over the last 19 years. And yes, we are counting 
uh, Wolverine spinoff films, obviously Deadpool and stuff like that too. But if you keep it to the core, X-Men and Wolverine films, there's 10 of them. So like I said, started back in 2000 with X-Men, and then there was X2, and then there was X-Men The Last Stand, X-Men Origins Wolverine, X-Men First Class, uh, The Wolverine, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, then Deadpool came out, X-Men Apocalypse, Logan, Deadpool 2, and then of course Dark Phoenix, which just came out a couple weeks ago. So, let's go back. Obviously, let's start at the beginning. Let's circle yes. back to the original X-Men film directed by Brian Singer, um, who came on and um, turned X-Men, which... I had dabbled in in the comic book realm here and there. Um, I knew it more from the 90s cartoon, uh, which, you know, I know a lot of people did. And, you know, so seeing Cyclops and Storm and Wolverine and, of course, Professor X and Magneto turned into live action back in 2000. It was incredible, man. I loved the first X-Men movie. Um, we didn't know who the hell Hugh Jackman was at this time, and and we were like, I was like, damn, this guy is badass as Wolverine. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we had a very comic accurate saber tooth <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, Holly Berry is Storm, and um, we had you know a young rogue in the film. We had, uh, like I said, Patrick Stewart who. Before the first X-Men film ever came out, Patrick Stewart was always my pick to be oh, Professor sure. X. And so I was super stoked when they casted him. I couldn't see anybody else in that role. Uh, Ian McKellen, of course, as Magneto, which I will say I was disappointed in that casting when it happened. Because I was just like, why is Magneto old as fuck? Like, I didn't really <laughs> understand why they just came out the gate with an old-ass Magneto. Um, even though I know Patrick Stewart was still older at that time, too. It just it felt like Ian McKellen was just so old that it was just like, <laughs> damn, you're going to do that for your first film? Where do we go from here? You know, and... Uh, but he was great. He was great in the role, so I, you know, I don't take anything away from that. You know, you had Rebecca Romaine Stamos in there as Mystique. Um, you know, uh, Anna Paquin as Rogue. Uh, we had James Marsden as Cyclops, and of course, such a good Cyclops. Um, oh man, I loved. You know, I was already very big into James Marsden at that point. He was really a big up and comer, and I remember being like, "Damn hell yeah, he's gonna be Cyclops. It's gonna be awesome." Yeah. We had Fomka Jensen as Jean Grey, which I thought she was incredible at the time too. So man, they just knocked it out the park with the casting on this thing. Man, absolutely loved it. Um, a big piece of trivia that we always harken back to is the fact that Hugh Jackman was not originally supposed to be Wolverine um, and that it was uh, Doug Ray Scott who was the bad guy in Mission Impossible 2 and couldn't it's... be happier about that change, you know? <laughs> right? If you live in an alternate universe of what-ifs, um, it was funny, I was watching uh, TMZ a couple weeks ago, and they found Doug Ray Scott at the airport, and they're like, do you ever think about if you could have done X-Men? <laughs> oh, and he's, he's, yeah, dude, and he's just like, I'm very happy with my life the way it is, thank you very much, you know? And I'm just <laughs> like, you know that that shit beats that dude up all the damn time. Hell yeah, you know? he's like, I hate Mission Impossible 2. Hell yeah, I <laughs> I hate Mission Impossible. I hate you, Jackman. Like fucking, like I just hate my life. Like what? What it could have been, man. Doug Ray 
Ray Scott, poor Doug Ray Scott. Which, uh, uh, yes, he was supposed to be Wolverine. Mission Impossible 2 ran way over schedule, and he was still shooting it, and they had to start shooting X-Men, and he got let go, and they found this little stage play dude <laughs> off of Broadway named Hugh Jackman, who was just singing his heart out, and they were like, you're going to be Wolverine! <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and man, was he an incredible Wolverine. So, Hell yeah. Uh, Do yeah. you remember, like, the – because you know how now – if anyone follows me on Twitter and talking with Don and everything, I'm constantly, like, doing my best to avoid every ounce of spoilers. Um, I won't even watch some trailers. I was the exact opposite when X-Men first came out, dude. I, like, was on websites just eating up as much information. And I remember seeing them talking about the, the big talk was the change from the comic-y – costumes that you can't do that kind of thing on screen was the big thing they always said before and they switched it and did the like dark black leather costumes and i remember just seeing the individual photo releases of all the characters and all their costumes and just eating it up and thinking this is so cool this is how you make it for real life and then of course now you know 50 years later i'm like oh we need comic accurate costumes (laughs) (laughs) where's wolverine yellow costume (laughs) yeah exactly give me his mask (laughs) Uh, but at the time it was so cool because it was a way to bring the campy silliness of comics to make it quote unquote real, more realistic. You know what I mean? And, and the audiences weren't ready for that, like really crazy comic-y aspects. I don't think, no. uh, and, and you know, X-Men is the start of it. I mean, this is why we got Spider-Man. This is why we got Iron Man. And people forget that X-Men was like the test. This is what films were like putting their toe in the water before they decided to jump in they had to see what x-men was going to do and x-men actually did really well so it it caused that snowball to get all the other ones rolling yeah no it's very true i mean if you go back and you look i mean comic book movies throughout the 90s were getting super campy i mean pretty much the last one in the late 90s was was batman and robin you know, and then you just, you had, you know, the uber campiness and just the, mm-hmm. we'll kill the dinosaurs, the Ice Age. The Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You didn't uh, tell me Arnold was joining us? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How could they not talk about the X-Men? <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it just, you know, so then after that, it was just like campy, campy, campy. And then X-Men was like, we're going to do this shit as if the X-Men exist in real life. And they took it serious, and it was really the shift in the comic book genre, which really is where we're at today, probably would not have happened if it wasn't for X-Men. That it's very important that people understand that we yeah, have what we agree. have today because of X-Men. Um, you know, it was a very serious time. They placed it in the real world. It wasn't comic booky. It wasn't flashy. It was... You know, people that are freaks, that if they have powers and then they're mutants, you know, like, and mm-hmm. mutation is bad. And I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that it was like, you know, mutants fighting for equal rights. And just, I mean, it basically is our world today, you know, when you look at, yeah. you know, with everything going on. So, um, yeah. And it, the world from like way back in the day. So mm-hmm. it, it, it connects on so many different levels. And I think everyone watching it can kind of connect in some way of uh, feeling oppressed or, or made fun of even even if it's not oppression even if you've been suffered from like uh, being picked on i think you can kind of connect for the people being uh, talked about because they're different and you know and and owning that difference and becoming something special because of it so it's just it was great yeah yeah i, I can't speak highly enough for the first x-men film i mean it just hit on all the right notes it did its job and it just uh 
it's set up for a really cool new universe that we wanted to see more of. And then mm-hmm. three years later, we got more of it with X2, X-Men United, um, you know, which this one, of course, one of the greatest opening scenes of like any oh, movie with Ni- Nightcrawler bouncing through the White House. Just, just special effects at the time that were just like... Holy shit! How are they doing this? You know, and <laughs> right? just, uh, I mean, it was incredible. You know, Brian Singer was back, and the whole crew was back, and they were making more additions with, like I said, with Nightcrawler, and you had um, Lady Deathstrike in there, and mm-hmm. you know, and then you got to find out more about Wolverine's origin, and um, all the way down to you know Jean Grey getting killed, and then starting to set up the whole Phoenix saga, and it was. This one here is kind of the standout, I think, of those original, you know, trilogy. 100%. 100%. You know, yeah, X2 just took it, man. Like, where you already thought, like, oh, man, how are they ever going to top the first one? X2 is just, oh, my God, it's fantastic. And and just really just the action scenes. And then seeing Wolverine really go berserker for the first time in the mansion when all the the guards come and everything. And it's just like, oh, damn, you know, we got our first (laughs) glimpse of... uh, Colossus in this one, and you know, and yeah. I love that they started expanding uh, the characters at this point, Iceman, and you know, and different things like that, which was really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what, wh- where was your thoughts when X Two came out? Well, it's the same thing that you kind of mentioned. I, I think it, it's important to say how all those individual moments just shined, and like, if you ask them what what their favorite thing about X Two is, usually the conversation goes something like this. Oh, I really loved when Wolverine went berserk. But also the Nightcrawler was off. Oh, but also Colossus was cool. Oh, but also that fight with Lady. Like, there's so much good. It's so hard to pick one thing to be your favorite because they really nailed it with every single aspect. And, you know, and it comes down to detail. And, like, I think when you look at that Wolverine scene going berserker on people, if, you, if you're watching it and you're paying attention, when he stabs that first soldier through the chest, and into the refrigerator when the soldier slides down there's those puncture marks in the refrigerator i remember losing my mind because there was just puncture marks in there and like the detail that they put into those scenes the stuff with nightcrawler was so impactful because we all knew a nightcrawler was going to be in this movie from the 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 pre-conversations um before it came out but when you see the opening scene of nightcrawler just ripping apart secret service agents and trying to kill the, the president, when you know Nightcrawler's a good guy, you're like, what the hell is happening? And it just really puts you in this really cool um, like mindset of, I don't know exactly what's going on, and I like it. Because you know, it was like a different type of story, and it was just everything was playing out so well. And I'll make one quick note, Don. If you were paying attention, this is the first movie that uh, Remy Laveau was I was going to – you got me ahead of time. I was going to say, <laughs> did you ever catch the computer screen? Oh, or it dude. says Remy LeBeau on it when uh, Mystique is going through the uh, files. That was the only name I saw. When <laughs> yeah. it, when I mean, it stood out. like to, I was like, yes, Gavin made the movie! <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will say, out of the first two X-Men movies, the, the, the biggest complaint I had of the two movies at the time was that Gambit was not in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it, I, I was completely blown away. And t- to be honest, like X2, to me, was the best comic book movie uh, ever for the longest time. I mean, it took years for something to come next that kicked it down down a peg because it set the bar so damn high. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's just this movie is such a blast from 
start to finish and everything that they put into it and the way that it links all the characters and just, um, you know, bringing the, the good guys and the bad guys together to kind of fight a cause. And it just, uh, it, it's incredible, dude, you know, and uh, side note, as I'm staring at my dog, my, one of my dog's <laughs> names is, is Mystique, by the way. So, oh, you, cool. know, so <laughs> you know, so the, the impact on our lives <laughs> sometimes, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, my Mystique over here. And That's uh, awesome. my other dog is Harley for Harley Quinn. So you got know. best of both worlds, man. <laughs> <laughs> got my DC and Marvel dogs. Right yep, now. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, X2, man, incredible. And then so three years later, again, we're following the three year suit. And then we get X-Men The Last Stand. Now, Brian Singer was supposed to direct this one, too. Um, but at the time, he was getting ready to make uh, Superman Returns. And he was stuck doing production and everything on that, so he could not come back. So they ended up getting Brett Ratner to come in and direct this one, which was, you know, Brett Ratner had really, for the majority of everything and at this time, was pretty much Rush Hour, you know, yep. <laughs> that, that yep. we had really had from Brett Ratner. Um, now... This this one here is one of the movies that I think everybody in the world kind of shits on, and I think they mm -hmm. sh I think they shit on it a little too much to be honest. Because I remember, and this is just you know, and I don't you know, you know, I, not to say that people can't change their minds down the road somewhere, but <laughs> I remember going to the theater when Last Stand came out, and everybody lost their fucking mind on this movie. Like this move, this was a movie where everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" and and just everybody loved it and then it wasn't until like 10 years ago where all of a sudden <laughs> like it, it's kind of like the star wars prequels to me where like when the prequels came out everybody loved them and then now it's like everybody's like those movies suck and That's it's and, point. and it, it's like well, what happened between then and now um <laughs> because honestly like i'm not gonna say it's the best x-men movie but I have no problems with The Last Stand, man. <laughs> no I, problems? I, I, well, I wouldn't say no problems. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but I, but from, from just a pure action popcorn standpoint, I think it's a fun movie, man. Like, I just, I just, I think it's got some great action. Now, I don't agree with everything that they do in it. I don't, you know, I didn't like killing off Cyclops. I didn't like, you know, killing off Professor X halfway through it. Like, just everything that was kind of going down, it was like, it was a little weird, and then it also was like, <laughs> it, it had like, like where the fuck was Nightcrawler at? Like, you right? know, he like just he disappeared. Just, he's just <laughs> not around, and um, you know, but but I love the addition of like Kelsey Grammer as Beast. I was like, I remember when they casted him. I'm like, the fucking dude from Cheers. Like, really? The, <laughs> this guy's gonna be Beast? Like, it made no sense. But then when I saw the movie, I'm like, he's fucking great as Beast. And uh, so once again, it goes back to we, you got to just see people in roles where we make a big deal about casting sometimes. But, That's uh, so funny. We had complete opposite reactions. Like, everyone I talked to hated it. Only, like, one person talked to it liked it. And and when I heard Kelsey Grammer was going to be Beast, I about lost my mind. I was like, that is the best casting they have ever done. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> What, had, what the fuck had Kelsey Grammer done at that point to be like, he would make a great beast? <laughs> Just Frasier, man. Like, in Frasier, Frasier, he was like... You know, that was the, I was like, okay, perfect. He's voice, this weird everything. looking fucking bald guy. That's just like, like, <laughs> why the hell would anybody think like, oh, he's going to be great. <laughs> uh, he was one of the best parts of the movie. Oh my God. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, because I remember just seeing it opening night and just everybody just like just fucking freaking out and just wow. And just I remember just everyone I talked to was just like, oh my god, have you seen X three? I can't wait to see it again. And like, just like, just it was just I don't know, man. It was great, and it has to me when I think of the X Men films in a whole, um, just kind of as one big saga. I th- X3 has one of the biggest scenes to me that stands out above and beyond it all, which is Wolverine and Jean Grey at the end when he has to kill him. Huh. Um, okay. That scene to me rocks me to the fucking core every single fucking time, dude, of him just trying to get to her and his fucking skin is shredding off and he's just trying to get to her and he's healing, but then his skin's ripping back apart and the whole just like, I love you, and then boom, right in his fucking stomach. I was just like, oh my God, dude, that scene really does get me like every damn time. And I think it's one of the best scenes just in all comic book movies. Like I just, I love that scene. Um, Interesting. um, But you know, but it just, it is weird with the way some of the stuff plays out. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Angel in this movie. It's like, he's there, he's not there. End of the movie, he just kind of flies by and you're like, well, okay, (laughs) bye. What are you doing? Like it's such a random role, especially for Ben Foster. Right. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't make any sense that he was cast as Angel either. Like he's a great actor, but for Angel, like I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And he never gets to like officially become a part of the team or anything, and it's just like, I like it's like you got to pretend it happened off screen. You just didn't see it, and like, uh, I don't know, man, uh, dude. But so, I think it has well, some great action. <laughs> I gotta go on the opposite side because this is the one where I lost my mind in a negative way. Like the first two were so phenomenal, and it was like really good, and then even better, and then this. Like, that's how I experienced it. And so X1 and X2, I, like, was looking at all the details, and I was trying to get as much information as I could before the movie came out. X3 comes around, and I avoided everything. I didn't see a single trailer. When the trailer would come on, if I was watching another movie, I would literally plug my ears, close my eyes, and, like, hum so I didn't hear or see anything. So I went in totally fresh. And, dude, I, I was beyond stoked for it. And I, I remember when the credits rolled, I just kind of sat there for a minute like, I, I liked it, right? Like, I, I liked it, right? Like, it, I, I had to like it. Like, <laughs> it was more about wanting to force myself to like it because I knew deep down in my heart that it was a terrible movie. It's got a crappy plot. It's the worst rendition of Dark Phoenix ever. And everything was rushed. They threw in way too much at that's not to say that there aren't a couple good things about it. Like, for example, um, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah, 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 I'm the juggernaut, bitch. I love that. People talk so much shit about that. But at the time, that's when that meme video yes. or whatever was going around. Like, that was hilarious. It was the best. But people talk shit of, um, about a lot of the aspects of that movie, and I think it's well-deserved. But there were moments, like the juggernaut, bitch. There's a scene where juggernaut fights Wolverine. He, like throws him up through the roof and like a few seconds later he comes flying down the other side of the roof <laughs> and it's so funny uh, and and multiple man's one of my favorite characters and he actually got to be in that movie and i thought oh it's awesome freaking multiple man get him before we get gambit but uh, you know it, it it comes down to like everything was rushed everything was too campy we just had two solid incredibly good movies and particularly x2 with being so serious and so perfectly done like thought out X 
three was so rushed. I mean, I think Matt Vaughn, if I'm not mistaken, was on board to direct at some point, but then he yeah. left um, after you know Brian Singer first, as you mentioned, and then they get Brett Ratner, and, and even the details of like Colossus, like his form in X2 looked ten times better than it did in X3. They just, I felt like they dropped the ball in a lot of things. They were super, super rushed on X3, and and I have to say too that like a lot of people get Brett Ratner shit for this movie, and I don't think, and it's very unfair because he basically was a was a hired director to just come in. They're like, here's a fucking script, shoot the damn thing. You know, yeah. you have fucking three months, do it. <laughs> you know, and he yeah, came yeah, in and he way. did it. Like he didn't write the script, he didn't fucking produce it. <laughs> like he didn't really have. Anything to do with the movie other than film it, you know? Um, but he's the one that I think when people talk shit about this movie, everybody's always like, oh, fucking Brett Ratner. And I don't think that that's fair because all he did was come in and fucking film, put the thing on film, you know? Like, I mean, like, if you didn't write the script, if you didn't put the thing together, you're not a producer. Like, none of those decisions you're bitching about have anything to do with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's true. Like, so, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's just, you know, they were in a time crunch. Uh, they wanted it to be, um, you know, Brian Singer. He couldn't do it. Matthew Vaughn was going to do it. He could, ended up couldn't do it. And then they just needed to get a fucking director in there to meet their deadline, you know. And, and unfortunately, Brett Radner is the one that got screwed on it, you know. But I just want to – I always like to kind of state that stuff there because I just – I hate to hear somebody get completely shit on when it's not deserved. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it's, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of love and hate for the, for this movie, more hate than anything else. <laughs> I think um, so. <laughs> but, uh, I, like I said, I just, I remember things way differently <laughs> when this movie came That's out funny. and I was always, it, it always trips me out to be like, when did, when did the logic change that this is just such a bad movie? Cause I think <laughs> there is a lot to like in the movie. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good action set pieces in this movie and, um, you know, it's cool. We get to see a lot more uh, mutants, you know, both uh, the Brotherhood and, you know, and even some other X-Men. We get Kitty Pride. you know, you get to see um, Iceman full on and then Pyro yeah, and cool. all that shit, you know. So it's pretty cool, man. Um, other than the fact that I did hate that fucking Rogue was such a crybaby bitch in this one <laughs> and was like, oh, I don't want my powers and, and then tried to, like, get rid of her shit and... Um, out of yeah, that, I think they uh, messed up the rogue character yes. as a whole. Like she was so much better in the '90s cartoon where she had like spunk and attitude, and like you know, they. Yeah. I, I definitely thought they should have developed the character, and I was fine with them starting her that way in X1. But by X3, I think she should have got some some you know attitude and confidence and whatever. Yes. But. Yeah, it made sense in X1 because she's just this young girl who's scared, has powers, her family doesn't yeah. want her, and she has to find her way, you know. But yeah, by X3, dude, she should have been flying around doing shit. And yep. and and it's not. They took her out. They took her out of the mix really in the second one. They took her out of the mix in the third one. She never really got to do anything, which is just super unfortunate. Um, I think, you know... Uh, looking back on that original trilogy, you know, Rogue got screwed, uh, Cyclops mm-hmm. got screwed a lot. Um, you know, they could have just done so much more with Cyclops. Uh, just, you know, the second movie, it's like 
he gets like what, like fucking hit in the head or whatever, and then you don't see him again till like the end of the movie. Yeah. He, he, and... like, they don't even, he just, oh, he just gets knocked out, and he's at the end all of a sudden. And yeah. Like, he does one thing at the end, and that's it. And then the next three, he's all pissed off that Gene's dead. He finds Gene, she kills him, and then he's gone again yeah, for the whole rest of the movie. It's like minutes. son of a oh. bitch. But that was also the case too, is he was also doing Superman Returns with Brian Singer, so right. that's why they had to get rid of him kind of early on in X three. Uh, but it was a bummer, man, because it really, like, Cyclops, to me, growing up, was one of my favorite superheroes, and, and I was just so stoked to see him on the big screen, and I felt like he never really, truly got his proper due. No, um, I agree. And all. and of all the characters, they continue to fail with Gambit. I mean, yes. there's no Gambit in X-Men 3. What the hell? Which is which is insane. Um, you know, I was a you know, big Gambit fan, too, coming off of uh, the cartoon and everything. I mean, to me, when I think of, of an X-Men team... Like, he pops up in my mind right away as a part of the team. And, you know, it was like, okay, he's not an X1. He'll definitely be an X2. Then he wasn't an X2. And you're like, oh, for sure he's going to be an X3. (laughs) And then he wasn't. And and they still failed to get him in there in really any of the films other than um, the Wolverine film. Which is just like, really? Like, fucking, like, you never thought it was a good time? Like, he would have been a great addition, I think, to Apocalypse. Like, like oh, sure. in the 80s, I came across this fucking dude with the cards, you know, like it just, it would have fit in so well. And I just, I just would love to have a conversation with any of these guys that have been involved in the whole thing to just be like, what was the beef with Gambit? Like, why, know, why right? was, why were you so gun shy to do anything with it? But, um, so yeah, so, so that was our original trilogy there, you know, from 2000 to 2006. Um, and then you know, talk was like, oh, maybe they're going to do an X4, and then it was kind of coming and going, and nothing was really happening, um, which I will say I was truly bummed about, because I, I really was hoping they were going to come back and do something, like, super strong for, like, an X4 with that original group, you know? And That's funny, by that point, I was ready for them to reboot the whole damn really? thing, because I hated I, X3 so much. Well, X3 made so much money that I wasn't like, I wasn't thinking that they were going to go away from it. Like, X3 at the time right. was the it's most true. successful one, box office-wise. So it was like, okay, so, you know, they're definitely going to keep doing these, right? And then no, nothing was happening, and then they decide to do X-Men Origins Wolverine in 2009, and we were going to get the... Um, prequel original story about Logan, and um, and I remember at the time they had announced this X Men Origins title because uh, right. they were going to do a Magneto one, and they were going to do a Professor X one, and they were going to you know they were going to do all these spinoffs that were like kind of one shotted around certain characters, which I was like that's really cool, and um, so we get the Wolverine one, and this is another one that I'm going to flat out say, just like Last Stand, I feel that when it came out, everybody was like, that movie was the shit. And then fucking, like, fucking five years later, everybody's like, oh, I hate fucking X-Men Origins Wolverine. So I don't, once again, I don't get it. I like this movie. I think it's a fun-ass movie. Um, Yes, of course, this is where we get our first look at Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, uh, which we were all super stoked to see, um, you know, Wade, um, which, yes. which I, I, you know, I don't give a fuck what they did with him later. When Ryan Reynolds is Wade Wilson in the beginning is just part perfect. of the team. He is awesome. He is perfect. Yeah. When perfect. he's ninja slicing bullets, it is awesome. Um, and it, it just, you know, he's the mark with the mouth. He's perfect in it, dude. And, um, but yeah, they go and make some weird ass decision to fucking make him a mutant and to take away his mouth and make him not look like Deadpool. And, uh, it was very, very weird. Um, 
so it, it does definitely go off the rails here and there. Um, you know, there's definitely continuity issues when it comes sure. to this movie, along with the rest of the franchise. Professor X is fucking walking at the end. And, uh, you Cyclops know, is like Cyclops, yeah, yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> you know, and of course it's played by somebody else, which I didn't like. Sabretooth is now leave Schreiber and he looks nothing like the Sabretooth from the first right. X-Men movie. And you're just like, what the hell happened to him by the time the first X-Men movie rolls around? Um, but I did like that they, they set it up at the end with the, with the gunshot, you know, erasing his memory and everything. So it does kind of loop back to kind of link it, you know, into the original mm-hmm. films. Um, but you know, they did a, so much teasing of his origin in X2 that it was like, you know, and then now seeing a different striker and all that kind of stuff made it weird, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. But, but you know. I still, I still think it's a fun ass action movie, man. So I don't know what, what was your take when Wolverine came out? I, I actually kind of had the same experience you did on this one, where we we differed on three. I, I felt the same. Like a lot of people I talked to really enjoyed it, and then later on, like started a lot of hate for it. I mean, I will say this right away from the beginning: there was too much like instant hate for the Deadpool. Um, you know, I don't even know what the right word is to use, but it was just terrible Deadpool. It's not true Deadpool. Like, I don't think if they ever had used the term Deadpool or used it as Wade Wilson, if they would have just called it their own thing, then it wouldn't have been so bad. But the fact that they were trying to say that that's what Deadpool was, like that, I think, really got people off. Uh, well, they called running. them. They called them at the end like what, Weapon Eleven. Weapon, yeah, Weapon Eleven. Yeah. Weapon Eleven. Yeah, because he was Weapon X. Um, but early so. on, someone said something about a dead. Like they used the term <laughs> Deadpool, so that's and then it being Wade Wilson. So it was just like, right. man, uh, if they would have just stuck with the Weapon Eleven and never mentioned Deadpool and ne- not had it be Wade Wilson, I think it would have been fine. But. Um, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. I, if you break it down critically, the movie is stupid. Like, it, the, the, there's a lot of story problems. There's a lot of, like, continuity issues we talked about. But, like, I had a lot of fun watching it. And I'll call this a guilty pleasure because, a lot, as you said, everyone seems to hate it. But I enjoy watching it. Now, with that being said, there's a really important factor to make. Because I'm really, really biased. Because they finally gave me freaking Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Shout out Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, dude. And Taylor, I love Taylor Kitsch. He's badass. So, yeah. like, the fact that he was Gambit, I was like, that is so perfect. I loved him as Gambit. I think, like, you know, um, he just is the perfect example of Gambit. He looks like Gambit. Like, everything was great. Now, I will say, I was disappointed in the accent. He didn't have what I felt was a, a, a good Gambit accent, but, um, you know, and Mono I heard, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he didn't drop the Mona me like, like crazy or talking to third person. We needed some of that going, but you know, he, he did a really good job of just kind of having a little bit of swagger and a little like cocky confidence, you know? And, um, a lot of people bitch about, the thing where he does the cards in the air and they just kind of like float there for a second and then he like shoots his hand forward because in the comics Gambit just throws the cards. But I thought this was a cool and interesting way to tweak it to give it a really cool visual aspect because we're taking it from the paper medium where you can see this like flow of energy and like three or four cards flying from that energy. And this is kind of converting it into a visual way. So we can see it and be really cool. So I personally love that scene when he takes the deck of cards and just like floats them out over the air. I thought it was badass. 
and even though it wasn't true to the comic um, or cartoon, I thought it was a cool addition to the character. And um, and the fact that he came back, because like after he drops off Wolverine on the island, I was like, well, that was it for Gambit. I'll never see Gambit again. And then he shows back up and like saves Wolverine's ass, and I was like, hell yeah, they brought him back. Um, so that was just extra exciting for me. So that definitely um, added some some uh, uh, bias for my decision to say that I enjoyed it. Um, the other thing I remember about it is I went to a Comic Con, and I remember like wanting to even dress up as like Gambit or Deadpool, but th- they're pretty much regular clothes. And this was one of the first San Diego cons uh, I went to, so I, I was just like, man, that would be so cool. And I remember seeing footage. Um, I didn't see it at con, but I saw it online of, um, where they show clips of this. And so even before I saw the movie, like where Wolverine and Sabretooth are facing off and he's like, oh, you know, you got these new metal claws. He's like, how are you going to kill me? Or so I don't remember exactly what it says, but he's like, I'm going to cut your goddamn head off and see if that works. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's so dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I had a lot of really good memories with it. Uh, I remember really loving Wade Wilson, really loved Gambit, loving Blob. That was a cool addition. Um, and and even though Lee Shriver didn't match what we saw with the other Sabretooth, I thought awesome. he was a yeah. really good Sabretooth and yeah. would have liked to have seen him carry that through. Yeah, he was great, man. And, and I had always held out hope that he would come back, you know, later on. And, um, you know, yeah, I felt like things were set up in this movie that I was hoping for a payoff down the road. Uh, yeah. And that's including, you know, Gambit. Uh, you know, I thought it, they had such an opportunity to bring Gambit back later on to be like, sure. hey, it's me. Like, you don't remember? Like, I helped you out back in the day, you know? Like, I, and and they never got to do that. And, and it really, really sucks that they wouldn't have pulled the trigger on something like that because, you know, in the world that we live in now of, of so much con- connectivity and, and universes, yep. Uh, they had a lot of opportunity to do stuff, and they didn't. Um, and I think that's like going to be another thing we talk about as we go forward with the X-Men is I think that the continuity aspect of it and connecting aspect of it is one of the flaws here, where they didn't have someone connecting everything. And, and that blends perfectly in the first class because I think that's where it really started. Because in X-Men Origins, you have a little bit of tweaks, like maybe Cyclops being a little too old in Origins and not young enough and like things like that. But in first class, we really see a shift and starting changing some of the quote-unquote timelines. Well, that's like, uh, uh, now I'm spacing her name, but fucking Diamond Chick. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Emma Frost. Emma yeah. Frost, yeah, who's good in fucking Origins, but then obviously yeah. a villain in first class. So uh, shit like that. That's just like, oh, come on, what the fuck? Um, exactly you know so yeah so you know so we get wolverine um you know x-men origins wolverine directed by gavin hood in 2009 and uh i'm still at this point waiting for my x-men 4 to come around and uh and 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 it really (laughs) doesn't and then all of a sudden they're like we're gonna reboot and i'm like oh shit we're really rebooting this sucks (laughs) and uh and, and they say, yep, we're doing X-Men First Class, and it's going to be directed by Matthew Vaughn. It comes out in 2011. Um, actually, this is one of those ones that, like, it really didn't do all that great at the box office. A lot of people were, like, not cool with it being rebooted. Um, uh, but critically, it was one of the best rated ones from a critical sure. standpoint. Um, I remember everybody was just like, man, I love First Class. You know, this is one of the ones that stand up for a lot of people. Um, I remember originally not liking it because I've always felt, just in movies in general, I don't like to go backwards, I like to go forwards. And Uh, I didn't like that they were going, like, 
like in the fucking sixties for this movie, yeah. um, you know, or, or, you know, or the fifties, I should say, um, you know, I didn't like that they were going back so far and it was just like, get damn, you know, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but you know, but it was cool to see like the, you know, they, they casted, um, Michael Fassbender as, uh, as Magneto, which, I Perfect. was oh not even super familiar with Michael Fassbender at this point. He was a very B-level kind of actor at this point. Like, I, he was sure. in, like, 300 and stuff like that, where you don't even recognize him because you're like, you didn't know who the fuck he was when 300 came out, mm-hmm. you know? And then he's just always, like, a side character in a lot of stuff until this movie. And then you're like, damn, this guy is fucking awesome. Like, he's exactly what I wanted in the first X-Men movie when I was like, <laughs> why'd they get the old-ass fucking Ian McKellen? Yeah. I was like, then I got Michael Fassbender, and I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Why didn't we just do this in the beginning? You know? Um, and then you get James McAvoy, who I had always liked ever since Wanted. You oh, know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, he's going to be Professor X. This is great. Um, and then uh, Jennifer Lawrence stepped in as Mystique. And uh, But then it was pretty much a whole new cast at this point. We got Young Beast, which made sense being that you know, I liked how that kind of connected with Kelsey Grammer's Beast being like he was sure. once a part of the team and then he left. So now you get that aspect of it. We get the female angel. Um, you get Cyclops's older brother, Havoc. Um, you get Banshee. You know, so so a lot of side characters that I you know, wasn't super familiar with at this point. Um, and then, of course... Uh, you get Mr. Uh, Kevin Bacon uh, in there <laughs> as the villain, uh, and you get the whole, uh, what was the name of his uh, evil group in that movie? Oh, the Hellfire the, Club. The Hellfire Club, yes. Yep. Um, you know, you get um, Azazel, which was really fucking cool to see. Oh, he was awesome. He was so good. <laughs> I loved Azazel, man, and it was a bummer that he, we only saw him in first class out of all the I know. Um, oh, he totally should have come which back. Which, again, such an opportunity with him and Mystique and fucking Nightcrawler that could have done some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they jumped it. Um, but, yeah, just really cool shit, man. Um, yeah, we see the X-Men team put together. We see... Um, we see... Eric take a turn into evil and become Magneto and then, you know, take Mystique with him. We see the bullet happen. We see the, you know, him being paralyzed. And uh, it was cool, man. It was cool to see the origin of all these things that we had heard about in these other movies and and seeing the things that they had talked about. Um, It was refreshing. It was really, really cool. I didn't like some of the stuff. Like, I hated fucking Banshee. Um, <laughs> he's so annoying every time that dude pops up in a movie still to this date I'm like oh fucking Banshee like it just <laughs> I, I can't stand the dude like when he was in uh, Get Out last year oh my oh, god yeah, yeah. I was like it's fucking Banshee god I hate this guy he's <laughs> so like, kill him. yes he's so obnoxious I'm like please kill this guy already um you know it was a little ah, fucking shit <laughs> and then uh but, you know, like, uh, and then once again, kind of like Cyclops, they didn't really use Havoc all that much. Yeah. And what what do they have against the Summer I know, dude. There's just Jeez. something that they got against these guys, you know. Um, uh, but a really cool action movie, man, and a great setup to basically try to relaunch the franchise. Of course, with one of the best cameos ever, because when New Jackman popped oh, up yeah. and they were recruiting, and he's just like, fuck off. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this is awesome! And then, of oh, course, yeah. it leads to, you're wondering and scratching your head going, so is it the same universe? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? because honestly, stuff like this hadn't really been been done before it was like if you're gonna reboot you reboot there's no such thing as really like a 
a, a soft reboot or a half-ass mm-hmm. kind of reboot where it's like, we're still kind of in the same world. We're just going backwards. You know, it made sense, though, with Wolverine, obviously, with his aging, you know, and everything. So it's just that he still looked the same. Um, I love that, that, you know, that was there. Um, so, yeah, first class, man, really, really set the ch- a change of tone and really made me wonder, kind of like, oh, so is will this come full circle with kind of the original films? Uh, you know, with you coming off of not really liking Last Stand, digging Wolverine, what did you think when First Class came out? Honestly, my interest level was low. And it's really hard for me to say that because, again, as I mentioned before, X-Men is like my all-time favorite thing. Like, growing up, X-Men is the superhero group that I attach to. Like... More so than Avengers, more so than Spider-Man, more so than anything else, my jam was X-Men. And um, so when First Class came out, I was already just, I was so distraught over X3. I got so mad when, so first off, they they were going to call it First Class. So I got really excited because um, I thought this was the reboot I had been waiting for, that we were going to get a whole new retelling starting with the First Class, which is Cyclops, Jean Grey. Angel, Iceman, and Beast. So I was super excited for that. And then when I find out that they're just making up their own team, mixing random-ass characters, Havoc's supposed to be Cyclops' younger brother, but now he's going to be his older brother (laughs) because of the time thing. And like all this mix-up of stuff, I was very uh, put off by it. And then I go and I watch it, and I was like crying of happiness by the end of the movie. (laughs) Like It had so many great uh, moments. The actors all did exceptionally well in each of their scenes. Um, the costumes are the first costumes that were like close to the comics, um, and in particular the original first class costumes. I love that Havoc even had his like circle emblem on the on his chest. Um, the the helmet for Magneto which was ten times better than the original helmet for for Magneto. The design went to the comics, and yeah, yeah it was gray and silver instead of purple or whatever but like it was bad right but ass. the way that they set that up being kevin bacon's helmet exactly. and then him taking it over you know it was like oh shit you know like it's, yeah. it was one of those like you know like like darth vader putting the mask on for the first time you know like it was just like you know him picking up the helmet and you're just like you know what's up and you're like oh shit you know <laughs> that helmet is so iconic I completely agree. And and that scene with the quarter at the end where oh, you yeah. like just slowly I mean, I felt that man. That hurt my head. <laughs> and like, it was just so emo it was like an emotional roller coaster for me. I it brought the joy back to me for the X Men franchise. I thought, okay, we're finally gonna go in the right direction and previously where I thought I never would see Gambit again because X Men Origin took place in like the seventies I was like, okay, cool. Now that first class is in the 50s, I'm going to get Gambit back. And, um, you know, <laughs> so we all know how that turned out now. But, um, you know, nonetheless. Well, then you're left wondering why, how the hell Professor X was walking at the end of fucking X-Men Wolverine. Yeah. When he just or, got shot in the 50s and he's paralyzed now. <laughs> and also his hair. I, I, there was a lot of yes, talk about him yes, having hair. hair. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? No, it's cool. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, man, I, I have nothing but fond memories of X-Men First Class, and, and to this day, it's at the top of my list. I mean, it it, it, it was the X2 of, of kind of the, the restart of X-Men, I think. All right, well, after that, we actually get a sequel to Wolverine. Now, this time it's just called The Wolverine. It's uh, set in current time, which is cool. 
Uh, and, you know, so, yeah, we get our samurai. We get our, you know, ninja <laughs> stuff yeah, going we'll on. Ninja. You know, yeah, I mean, they started putting this movie together, and I'm starting to see all their filming in Japan, and, and you know, and he's he's got his fucking samurai sword and all this shit, and I'm just like, okay, okay. Um, we're going to get Silver Samurai, which, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. It, that was the perfect way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was one of those things that it was just as it was coming together, it was like, okay, okay. You know, a lot of the, and this time James Mangold came in, so we had a better director. Um, this was in 2013. And um, I dug it, man. I really liked the Wolverine, especially the, dire- the, the director's cut. If you haven't seen the director's cut, you need to watch that one. It's got blood. It's got way more violence. Um, it just it makes more sense. There's a whole another action scene um, with all the ninjas trying to take him down when he's getting like towards the end of the movie when he's going through the fucking village and just they're just shooting so cool. arrows and all kinds of shit at him and he just keeps going and you know just way way cooler than the theatrical version. So um, check that out if you can. Um, but man, yeah, I mean this movie. You had Viper, which was an interesting character to kind of throw in. Yeah, I was surprised um, with that choice. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just, uh, because this one was very, very grounded, very, very grounded, and then Viper felt a little out of place because there was really nothing else comic booky other than her. Um, and then, of course, like, the the guy that he had saved at the beginning now wants immortality, and he wants Wolverine's powers, and... Uh, it, it goes a little off the rails at the very end, um, and I know that that's what most people's beef is, is just basically like the last ten minutes of the movie, but up to that, though, there's nothing to really complain about, man, it's just great action, once again, Hugh Jackman just kills it in this role, and, um, an amazing, uh, post credit scene in this one where he's going through the airport, and <laughs> fucking Professor X and Magneto yeah. show up, and it's, and it's, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, and I'm like, what? Because you know, like, because remember, because we we're coming off of first class. I'm thinking they they're rebooting all this shit, and it's only going to be you know, um, Hugh Jackman stuff is in the current timeline. And then when they showed up, I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, we need your help. Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, what are we doing here? And um, you know, and obviously we're setting up for Days of Future Past, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but man. Just incredible, uh, him losing his claws, and he's back to the fucking bone claws. Uh, I mean, just, uh, I, I, I really like the Wolverine, man. I don't know. What was your take on, on this second solo Wolverine film? Uh, honestly, I could just simply say ditto. I mean, I had the exact same thoughts as you. And then especially when the that director's cut comes out and, like, adding the extra violent scenes where he's fighting the ninjas, and it just made it ten times better. And... Honestly, like it's amazing that a movie can be a solid film all the way through, and then in the last ten minutes, it can lose the crowd. You know what I mean? Like you said that that just because Silver Samurai ended up being that stupid robot, like everyone and their mom decided to hate it because of that scene, essentially. And uh, it wasn't that bad. Like it was pretty right. cool. It was just like I think personally, just why I would have liked a fucking robot. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he could have just been in some badass Silver Samurai armor, just like the comics, and that would have been ten times better. Like. That fight scene he has before he goes there, like with the with that other dude with the samurai sword, like that scene was a better fight scene than with the silver samurai. And he was just fighting a guy with a sword, you know. Um, so I definitely think that uh, I, I I match you in everything you said about it. I absolutely love the Wolverine. I think it's highly underrated. 
Um, I love the setting in Japan and that we actually touched on that part of his story. Like it, it's different because this takes place modern times and in the comic books when he's in Japan, it's a long time ago. But at the same time, it's just amazing that we could even touch on that um, aspect of, of his history. And, and we have so many movies that we can do that. Like, ah, oh, it was just, it was really cool. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think it's a really great film. And also got super excited about the, the after credit scene where, where uh, they're bringing back the, the, the original crew. Yeah. Yeah, which I was just like, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> and, right. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and then we find out just literally a year later, X-Men Days of Future Past. They, they're going to do this movie. comes out in 2014. Brian Singer comes back. And he does something I never in a million years thought that they would do, which was find a way to have the original trilogy crew back link it with the new school first class group and kind of bring everything full circle. Um, it was incredible. Uh, Days of Future Past, I just remember just being so blown away by when I saw it in the theater. I couldn't believe that they had figured out a way to do this. And, um, and using that storyline to be like, you know, uh, we start off in the future and everything's super grim and we're down to the last couple X-Men and, you know, we still got Wolverine and Storm and, and Professor X and Magneto. Um, but then we got, you know, uh, Bishop and we got, you know, um, Blink. Blink, you know, and just a couple of these other new ones. And, you know, there's Iceman and still with Kitty Pride and. Um, but the, you know, the Sentinels are everywhere and they're just killing off all the damn, um, X-Men and all the mutants and they got to go back in time and they got to stop the guy that invents the Sentinels and, you know, seeing Wolverine go back in time using him, the way that they changed it up, obviously in the comic book being Kitty Pride, but then obviously, you know, you have a franchise like this, you got you Jackman, who's always been the standout. It made total sense that they chose him to be the guy to go back in time. You know, and then being like, oh, we're going to put your consciousness into your younger body. Finding him, going to find the James McAvoy version of Professor X, you know, and Magneto. And and just the amazing Quicksilver scene. And just like, there's so much that goes down in this movie. And just the the ping pong and the, the way, you know, Professor X looks into people's minds. And they're seeing the different versions of them. And, uh... I just, this is probably my top of the list when it comes to the X-Men films. It's just Days okay, of Future Past okay. is just such a whole nother level to me. And then obviously they they stop, at least at the time, you know, the creation of the Sentinels. And we go back into the future. And you see James Marsden. And you see Fonka <laughs> Jensen. And you see Kelsey Grammer. And you're just like, oh my god, everything's okay. And that shit, and fucking X3 never happened. And uh, just like. <laughs> that was the best part of yeah. the movie. <laughs> it was just, it was so cool. And like I said, man, just so unique that somebody thought to sit down and be like, yeah, we rebooted it, but why are we forgetting about the things that we did in our past and just trying to find a way to, to link it all together and to really show that it is James McAvoy that is the younger version of Patrick Stewart and it's, you know, it's that Michael Fassbender is the young version of Ian McKellen and just, you know, that we have these different versions and 
being able to use Wolverine since once again because he's the guy that doesn't age. So then you know, which is funny because Hugh Jackman looks better in Days of Future Past than he does in the first X Men movie. Right? <laughs> he's like more ripped. He's like, he's 10 like times better. Bigger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's like he's like older, but still somehow looks better than he did when he was younger. <laughs> um, just but you know, it just holy shit, man. I just I love this movie so much and just everything it does with you know. Um, with Mystique, you know, being in the timeline of that she kills, you know, Bolivar Trask, and that's what creates the Sentinels, and they use her, uh, you know, her mutation to why the Sentinels are so unstoppable, and um, I just, I love the way they linked everything together, um, but once again, this is where the, the continuity gets all funky again, because it's like, there was a baller for Trask in X-Men 3. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's a black dude. <laughs> and like, and then gonna skip now it's fucking, guy. now it's uh, Peter Dinklage. And, uh, you know, and, the same name, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, just like in X3, they have, uh, they have the chick that, um, is, uh, is the chick from first class that that's with, uh, professor X, uh, the one oh, Moira from, McTaggart. Yeah, Moira McTaggart. She's yeah. the, you know, she's an X three also, and uh, you know, just totally different stuff. Um, but you know, this is where you know, I guess my biggest beef with the continuity in the X Men franchise is the whole Mystique angle. Yeah, um, the way I'm that glad they, because <laughs> the way you know they in first class they set it up like. Oh, she randomly broke into Professor X's house one night when they were kids, and he's like, "You could stay here and have right. fun with me." And and she's like, "Okay," and she becomes his like adopted sister, and they grew up together, and all this stuff. Whereas like in the original trilogy, they never had any connection whatsoever together. Uh, they never even talked to each other in the original movies. But yep. then, but then in the later half of the movies, you know, it just it, there's such a connection, and it's my sister, and this and that, um, which is funny because it was funny watching them try to connect the dots Be, you know because in days of future past and, the, and when they're in the future and they're trying to explain the plan you know you got uh patrick stewart being like when i was ki- when i was a kid she came right. into my house and we grew up <laughs> together and i'm like since when motherfucker that never happened <laughs> you never mentioned that shit, never mentioned that shit. <laughs> you know like fucking you know she was she wasn't raving to you <laughs> Exactly. Uh, He didn't. I don't even think he said her name. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, dude. That's what I'm saying. There was like zero connection, but then they make like the deepest connection by making them like stepbrother and sister. When when Professor X says you're dead to him, he fucking means it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, so then so that kind of goes a little, you know, a little off the rails uh, for me with the whole Mystique angle. Um, they, they, they tried, but then, you know, that, that was just a, that was a weird one for them to kind of put together. Um, you know, cause she flip flops so much from then like going with, uh, Magneto at the end of first class, but then mm-hmm. by days of future past, she's kind of off doing her own thing and she's not with them anymore. And, um, yeah, just a, a side nitpick, but, uh, but you know, days of future past, once again, you know, you bring back havoc for a little bit and you, you know, it was cool to see them kind of link a lot of the characters back up, even though they, they make an offhanded comment that all the other first class people are dead. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they show like a couple like death uh, photos yeah. or something. <laughs> They're like, Oh, Banshee. <laughs> oh, fucking You're like, uh, yeah. Angel, <laughs> you know, like they're looking through the fucking corpse records, you know, and Azazel's in there and all this stuff, you know, so they, the government's been doing experiments on all these guys and they're all dead. 
Um, we even see a young Toad in this movie as well, too. Oh, that's uh, right. You know, so... Uh, but, um, yeah, so I love Days of Future Past. I just, like I said, pulling off what they did, incredible. Um, you know, we, we don't find out how the hell he got his animantium back, though, since, like I said, at the end of Wolverine, he's got bone mm-hmm. claws again. So I was always very curious of how he got his steel claws back. Um, you know, that's one of those things. And the funny thing is, too, is at the end of the Wolverine, when they do that post credit scene, it's like... You know, it's uh, it's 2013, and then <laughs> Days of Future Past is like 2050. You know, yeah. so it's like, what were they doing all that time when they got them at the airport and they're like, we need your help in 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> and Professor X and Magneto are gonna look the exact same exactly, in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other part of the continuity thing is fucking like, especially since first class is like in the fifties, every movie they jump 10 years and nobody ever ages the fucking yeah. time, dude. Uh, that's I think the, I think in, in dark Phoenix, Magneto and professor X are, that's in the ni- like late nineties. So in no, less in than 10 years, they're supposed 94. to turn from fast bender. To, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw a couple memes that was like the nineties were really hard on these guys. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, it's all exactly. like they instantly turned fucking old as shit. And by the year. Seriously. Well, dude, I, I really enjoyed uh, First Class when I saw it in theater. I thought it was amazing, and I absolutely loved it. And then classic. they came out with the director's cut of that, which so some additional scenes included Rogue, uh, who had got cut from the original um, uh, version. And, uh, you know, I thought that was excellent. I really loved the future aspects. The, that was my favorite part. Now, I was pissed off that even in the future, they couldn't have cool costumes. They had to have the black ensembles again. <laughs> Um, I'm really big into the costumes if you haven't been able to pick that up yet. But uh, I, it pissed me the hell off that for whatever reason, they just want to stick to that black. I mean, yeah, it looks cool. But um, here's one thing I'll say. I think in Days of Future Past is a great example of how they used characters that are in the X-Men world to enhance the story without having to spend a lot of time um, you know, giving them – uh, background stuff they just give them an action moment so we get bishop there's not a lot of background stuff but he had some action moments uh same with blink no not a lot of people know about blink really until uh, later on when the gifted came out or whatever but yeah. um you know so they gave her these amazing action moments you don't have to know about her to be like holy shit this chick is cool and um same with sunfire the, but the key there is they're using characters that are established and they're keeping their powers um, as established in those uh, in the comic world. So whereas, like, if you go back to to Last Stand, when it didn't work is when you're using background characters um, and tweaking stuff. It's like there's no need for it. You already have characters that have those powers, so why tweak it? So there was a Callisto ripoff um, where she had Callisto powers, but she also had like, or she had Caliban powers and she had Quicksilver powers mixed together. And then they used Psylocke in the background, and Psylocke's character um, was was just in the background of X3, and, and they used a really obscure power that like, Psylocke never uses, and they didn't even use her her real power that she's known for. So I think when you get to X Men Days of Future Past, you're using the actual characters from the comics in a cool way that stays true to those characters. So even though they're only on screen for, you know, a very, very short period of time, the fans get to say, man, that was cool. And people who don't know him get to say like, like, like I said, not a lot of X three. 
She was. She was a, a short-haired version, and she has a scar across her face because one of the versions of Psylocke has a scar down one side of her face. Huh. Um, and it's really, like, I don't think they ever say her name, um, and she's barely in it, but she's, like, one of three of the, like, um, gang members that can, like, get multiple scenes um, that, that uh, teams up with Magneto and Pyro. Huh. Um so, you know, and that's a, that's a perfect point. You didn't even notice it, and not a lot of people did because they don't stick true to the characters' power sets, and that is a huge problem that I have, or that they make up characters. Like, there's no reason to make up your own stupid characters that nobody knows or cares about. Like, just throw in a random character and use the power sets that's already been established. So I thought Days of Future Past actually did a really good job about that. Um, when they were dealing with the the futuristic ones, and I can't never remember if it's Warpath or Nighthawk, he was awesome, um, and um, and yeah, and the mystique problems. As I've watched Days of Future Past more and more, as time has gone on, I've actually liked it less now. Um, so it's kind of gone down on my rating, and I find more problems with it. I become more bothered. I think the mystique issue has really gro- grown to be uh, frustrating for me. Um, I like that character less and less. I'm hoping that Marvel will move away from Mystique and kind of focus on other people instead. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just find a little bit more problems with it the more and more I watch it. Uh, with that being said, though, I absolutely love the future scenes. And of course, you mentioned the Quicksilver scene. I can't remember ever being so surprised with a scene like how silly Quicksilver's costume and, and look is and then he turns out and does something so badass like that that kitchen scene it's just wow I was just absolutely wowed <laughs> yeah that scene is just that's one that you could just pop on that scene just to be like look yeah. how awesome this is you know just him putting on the Walkman and just running around and I love because there's so many just little fine details in it like especially when you watch um, Wolverine's hand, you know, and you see the claws coming out, you know, mm-hmm. but they're so slow the way they're retracting and, uh, and just like, just things like that, you know, just the, you know, and then him changing up the way their hands are and the bullets and the water spills and just, wow, just such an incredible scene, man. I just remember being blown away in the, in the theater when that scene came on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely Quicksilver is one of those guys that it's like, I, they've used them as just this little, like hot spot, you know, kind of thing. Like in the two two main movies, you know, he gets a scene like that, and then he's like never around. You know, like yeah. that's that's what bugged me in Days of Future Past is like he helped them break out of the biggest like max prison that they could, and like and then they have this whole big mission to go on, and they're just like, hey, go return the rental car. See you later, buddy. Yeah. And like, and he's just like, okay, like it's like, why would you not want that guy to be around, like at all? You know, and then same thing, he's not around in Apocalypse, and then um, and then even in uh, Dark Phoenix, like, he's there, he gets a cool scene, and then they get they have him get hurt, and he's out for the whole rest of the movie, you know, and it's like, I don't, I don't know if sometimes they just feel like some of these guys that are maybe too overpowered, or this or that, that they just need to find a way to shush them out, because it's like, all the problems could be solved by that one character, so then they feel the need to be like, well, let's just not have him in it you know but it kind of makes it weird that he never gets to be a fully fleshed out member of the team no you're absolutely right and i and i actually feel that this is a big problem with the x franchise is that they spent too much time overpowering their people that it makes it difficult to have them do anything without one person stopping it like 
Professor X, they have him at some points control gigantic crowd, crowds of people. I and mean, he literally freezes a whole building of people. Um, be, and that's so powerful. Like, why would he not always be doing that to everybody? You know what I mean? And yeah. Magneto, throughout the films, has lift, stopped a jet plane from crashing in X2. He literally lifts the entire, like, San Francisco Bridge in, uh, or Golden Gate Bridge, uh, whatever it's called, in X3. He picks up a friggin' submarine out of the water in first class. In X-Men Days of Future Past, he, he lifts an entire stadium and, and covers <laughs> an area. Like, so when you have someone that that's powerful, like, what can you do to stop someone that that's strong? So I think one of the problems, the, uh, one of the solutions, rather, would have been to depower them a little bit so they're not as strong early on and kept it going that way for a while. Um, but... You know, and, and like you said, Quicksilver, he's so powerful. You have to find a reason to get him out of there. Um, so at Apocalypse, they find a reason, a, a way to hurt him so he can't win. And same with, with uh, Dark Phoenix. But, um, you know, the, the last thing I wanted to say about uh, X-Men Days of Future Past is this. So one of the problems is the fact that they solved all the issues essentially with the time warp right so there's they like you said at the end of the the movie wolverine wakes up and like the world is fixed cyclops is back gene gray's back like everything's good so that is your opportunity to start afresh and i think that where i think it would have went a better direction is you pick up from that point and you move forward. Right. You know what I mean? Then we get our real X4 at that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you don't do the prequels anymore. You start from there because the whole prequel stuff led to that occurring. And now, and I think they probably thought Days of Future Past was going to be the last one. And um, But I think it should have been for the new team and it should have moved on back into quote unquote present time. You know what I mean? Right. That would have been cool. I would have really appreciated that for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, and then so we have the after credit scene in this one of a, uh, 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 what, what is a uh, number sore? <laughs> oh, Ed Sabnor. Yes, Ed Sabnor. Ed Sabnor. Ed Sabnor. Bless uh, you. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and everybody being like, "Oh shit, they're gonna do Apocalypse, right? Like, it's gonna be this is gonna be awesome." Uh, so, fast forward a couple years after Days of Future Past. In uh, May of 2016, Brian Singer returns again, and they do X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, this time we're in the 80s, right? Because we keep jumping. First class is in the uh, 60s, and then Days of Future Past is in the 70s. Apocalypse mm -hmm. is in the 80s. Um, and, um, you know, I got to say, when so this one, I have to say, you must love at least from a suit perspective because everybody <laughs> looked cool as fuck in this movie with the 80s suits. Like, I loved this. I thought Magneto looked so fucking badass in this movie. His suit was so awesome in this one, man. They actually got to wear superhero suits in this one. Well, he did, and Psylocke did, and Storm did, but the rest of the team had black suits again. I mean, <laughs> and then they give them badass suits. At the in end? the last scene, come on! <laughs> and they're what not in them anymore by the next movie. <laughs> I know! I'm like, seriously? And I remember literally saying out loud at Apocalypse, at least I'm going to get the cool suits the next movie. <laughs> No. Nope. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. So, yeah, so we, you know, so we have Apocalypse. This one's in the 80s. Uh, Apocalypse is, uh, you know, we start off with him and um, basically in Egypt and, and the original Apocalypse transfers his body into the new one and then uh, this whole big thing happens and he gets trapped under the, you know, sands and we fast forward into current time. He comes back. He's trying to recruit all the mutants to back him up and he wants to take over the world. He's got his, uh, you know, seven deadly sins with them and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I, this is another one that I know a lot of people don't like. Um, apocalypse yep. is kind of on the <laughs> bottom of a lot of people's list. It, it's towards the bottom of my list too, as well. But once again, like, I don't know if it's just my love for this franchise that makes me like, like, I don't hate any of these films. Like I'd like them all. And I think they all kind of have their place. Um, there's a lot that I do like about apocalypse, but overall, I think if I was to go back and watch any of the X-Men movies, this is probably the last one that I would watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, and I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about this one. I feel bad uh, for um, Oscar Isaac, who is an amazing yeah. actor, and I was super stoked when they casted him as Apocalypse, and then they just didn't nail it, man. It's once again, you know, it's like, you know, I know you go to a bunch of cons, you see a bunch of cosplay. Like, mm -hmm. why is it that all these people are cosplaying as Apocalypse that looks so much better than a multi-million dollar version that the fucking movie studio's <laughs> doing? It's not that hard, guys. Why can we not just keep people to look comic accurate when it comes yeah, exactly. to these villains? I don't know. You know? I, 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 I don't get it. And I keep thinking back to the first... Like, the excitement for Apocalypse was amazing. Like, I, I remember seeing... Sorry, got cut out there. An early screenshot of Psylocke in her costume. And I'm like, oh, my God, a comic <laughs> accurate suit. This yeah. is the best thing ever. And then I remember immediately seeing a photos, uh, a, a shot of Apocalypse. And I was like, is that Ivan Ooze from the Power <laughs> Ranger movie? And I just couldn't believe that that's – and I kept – I remember having to, like, defend it to my friends and stuff and saying, like, that's just, like, phase one of his suit. He'll – He'll like grow into yes, like a badass yes. suit, and that never happened. And yeah, it was extremely disappointing for me. And I do feel bad for him for you know getting such a caliber actor, and it just not panning out. Um, you know, but again, I think it it comes down to they started rushing it again. I, I, and I feel like that's the problem yeah. is when they have a success, they're like, we need this out in two years, mm -hmm. and you don't have the time to sit and really think it through and work it through. Cause if you look at like X-Men first class was what 2011 uh, days of future past doesn't come out till 14. So three years seems to be the magic yeah. number three years um, between all the original three. Like, I mean, like, yeah. and then, yeah, they went two between days of future past and apocalypse. They literally finished days of future past to hit theaters and they jumped right into apocalypse. Like there was no downtime. Uh, in between, I think they were still writing the damn movie, you know, at that point, <laughs> you know, right. I think they teased it at the end of Days of Future Past and they were like, fuck, we got to do this. <laughs> and, uh, like, oh shit, we made some money with Days yeah. of Future Past, let's go. Yeah, we got to move forward. Um, yeah, you know, just so many balls dropped here, you know, now, uh, Mystique is good again. She flip flopped all over again. Mm -hmm. She's like part of the X-Men team. Um, we get 
Angel back again, but it's a different version. And then um, this, is, but now we get reintroduced to new, younger versions of Cyclops and Jean Grey and um, Nightcrawler. Which, you know, so once again, continuity because now Nightcrawler is there all young. And, again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so uh, you know Storm. You know, she gets recruited as a villain. Um, you know, and so. It was interesting, man, you know, like, like, there's some really good action in this one, you know, once again, the Quicksilver scene, uh, obviously, of the mansion blowing up and him going running through saving everybody is, is awesome, um, but yeah, overall, this is, uh, probably towards the bottom of the list here when it comes down to it, uh, and you're right, man, and then you get that awesome scene at the very end where pretty much, uh, Mystique is like Captain America being like, X-Men, assemble, you yeah. know, and, uh, and everybody's got their brand new suits on, and Cyclops has his comic book suit with the big X on it, and he's got the silver visor, and you're like, oh, shit, this looks fucking badass, and then, like, oh, yeah. and then you're like, next movie, and then, no. And then, and then no. see, and and you know, you you reminded me of a big complaint I had that, and and you know, when first class came out, uh, J Law wasn't like the biggest deal yet, but then she blows up right because right, right. of the Hunger Games and everything else. So now they are forced to make her <laughs> yes. the, the, like the main character. So I point. I always hated that Cyclops didn't get to be the the leader that he didn't have those leader aspects. Like he should have been the one. Like stepping up and and like taking charge instead of you know missing. Now they're saying that he's younger, she's older, whatever. That's why. Um, but I, I just oh, that was one aspect that I couldn't get past through, and, and not all those and, and, and all of those movies where he where they bring them uh, the the younger Cyclops and all that stuff. So I did like the, uh, that um, when they brought in uh, Havoc again. And then mm-hmm. it gets killed, and that's what actually blows up the uh, mansion, you know. But th- it was nice to at least see the the Summer Brothers together for a second. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, connect those dots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so a year after we get Apocalypse, we get Logan, the final send off for Wolverine. This is the third solo Wolverine movie. We're hearing, you know, you Jackman being like, "Hey." This is it for me. I'm wrapping it up. And I got to say, you know, Hugh Jackman even popped in a cameo in Apocalypse, a very cool oh, right. Weapon X uh, scene with Jean Grey unlocking, you know, they're at the tower from X2, and, and they un- uh, she opens the safe, and Wolverine comes out all crazy, <laughs> you know, like uh, Beast Mode, which was, which was really cool to see. They went very comic accurate with him in that one, which was awesome. Um, but once again, keeping up with the cameos, Hugh Jackman had popped up in every film up to this point. Um, and then we had Logan, like I said, basically taking place in the future. Um, most of the X-Men are dead at this point. Uh, it's just, uh, what are you doing? You're starting to make a lot of noise over there, boy. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's not like oh. opening no, a bag my, of chips well, and just starting to eat. And all kinds no, I'm not of doing anything. That's weird. Must, the phone must have done something. My bad. <laughs> I'm like, damn, what's going on over there? Oh, um, but yeah, so in the future, you know, Patrick, uh, Patrick Stewart's um, Professor X is getting very old. He's getting very crazy. He's having these weird headache breakdowns that because of his power is causing earthquakes and all kinds of crazy shit and um and you know wolverine's taking care of him man it's old man logan and uh they finally went rated r uh they were given the opportunity thanks to deadpool which had made a lot of money being rated r to be like you know what we're gonna do this send-off r style it was violent it was 
bloody. It had cursing. It was, you know, you Jackman turned up to 15 getting to be that fucking Logan, you know, and, um, and man, what an incredible movie. I mean, this movie is, I remember a lot of people were pissed that year at the Oscars that this movie got overlooked. I mean, it, it oh, should have yeah. been, it should have been nominated for picture of the year. You Jackman should have been nominated for actor, you know, best actor. Uh, Patrick Stewart should have been nominated for best supporting actor. Uh, it just, this movie super got overlooked. I mean, James Mangold came back to direct this one who he did the Wolverine, um, it was very, very grounded. We got X uh, X twenty three in here. Um, you know, she was badass. Oh my god! Uh, dude. Just everything they did in this movie was just incredible. And then you Jackman got to even play an evil version of himself, like a younger, like souped up version, which was awesome. And uh, just what an incredible movie, man! But you know, in the end, they end up he ends up dying, and and they get to put to rest. Logan, the man who never was going to die, <laughs> died uh, in this film. And um, it was the, basically the end of the Hugh Jackman saga. And uh, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It's just so incredible. I saw it multiple times in the theater. I've watched it several times at home. Um, I just rebought it in 4K a couple months ago. <laughs> I mean, Well it, worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's just such an incredible film, man. And just... What Hugh Jackman brings to this, what what Patrick Stewart brought to this. And, oh, my God. Um, it just, what they did here is phenomenal. And, man, I love me some Logan. I'm right there with you, dude. It, it's, like, by far the best one, I think. I mean, it's it's such just a good story. Like, even if you took it out yeah. of the, yeah, the, the X-Men world. Yeah, it's it was phenomenal. The acting was insane. The story was insane. Like everything about it was just top notch, dude. I I literally cried so many different ways. Like when X twenty three goes nuts on the soldiers and she's sitting there chopping people's heads out. Like X twenty three is one of my favorite characters for a long time, and like I cried of joy when I got to see her just slaughter bad guys because that's something I never thought I would ever get to see. And then. You know, at the end, when Professor X gets killed and Wolverine's sitting there and he's like, there's there's water. I was just, oh, my God, dude, just started bawling. And then, of course, at the end with the, the X um, gravestone and yes. all that. Like, I mean, just so many amazing moments. And it was just such a well-made film. And on all levels from, from like, as I said earlier, like from the script um, to the acting, to the directing, to uh, editing, I mean – everything to the music it just has this perfect feel of what we needed to say goodbye to logan um there's a i've heard i will i don't want to overshadow and and not discuss um complaints i've definitely heard uh, a few complaints about it some of our friends don't like it as much as we do but um i think the biggest complaint is that there's like no big villain in it or whatever and i actually argue that that's a better aspect um sometimes the you know, huge villain, like the overpower CGI villain makes things worse. When you look at we already talked about the Wolverine. (laughs) So, you know, this is uh, the exact opposite of that. And you have the more grounded situation where, you know, you could get really uh, 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 artistic and say that the the real villain is time and age and death and, you know, things like that. Um, But at the end of the day, the comics have always dealt with clones. There's a robot version of of Wolverine um, 
back in the day called Albert that was a really big villain for um so there's there's different things like that so it's not out of the realm of the comic world to have Wolverine fight a clone of himself um and you know and and of course still the humans are always kind of the major villain for the mutants anyway so i i just thought it was a perfect film i love every aspect of it and i think it, i i'm definitely in one of the, one of the people that uh are in that group that think it got shafted for the for the Oscars top uh, stuff. Totally, man. Yeah, it came out too early in the year that I think by the time Oscar yeah. season rolled around, too many people have forgotten about it, which is always unfortunate. Uh, yep. If you don't come out in that October, November, December window, people seem to forget. Um, but yeah, man, what, what an incredible movie on a whole nother level. Um, and just so happy that the studio took a chance to let them go out, you know, in this rated R fashion, which was just yeah. great. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I expected a bigger villain too. I mean, we had the after credits tease in apocalypse of, uh, the, um, Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Mr. Sinister and the, the, the Essex company and all that yep. stuff. And I had, I had heard there was a deleted scene somewhere that I don't know they were going to use for Logan or if it was going to be at the end of the apocalypse that they took out of it, I, that. John Hamm was going to be Mr. Sinister and that, you know, that they ended up, you know, cutting that scene and then never used it. And they didn't go that route, obviously with the next film. So pretty interesting, you know, they could have done something cool there. Um, but then, yeah. then, so a couple years after Logan, um, we're in the current timeline. Now we're going literally a couple weeks ago, uh, with X-Men dark Phoenix. This was the, uh, it turned out to be the final movie in the X-Men saga. This was the direct follow-up to apocalypse now taking place in the 90s because once again we jumped another decade um (laughs) you know and uh this movie man this was this this is this was a tricky film from the get-go because when they remember originally this movie was supposed to come out last year and then as they got closer to it they were like oh we got to do some reshoots and they ended up pushing the movie back to February of this year, and then as we got closer to February, they said, oh, now it's going to be June of 2019, (laughs) and it kept getting pushed back, and then a lot of people were like, oh, it's getting pushed back because people don't like it, and there's Mm -hmm. problems, and this and that, and uh, that they had to reshoot a lot of the ending because it was a lot like another film that had come out, and just, you know, and it just, it was a hard one to shoot because, um, you know, all the actors are so big, and they're doing other things, and getting everybody to come back, and so... And then, of course, the um, Disney buyout of Fox happens in between here, too, which instantly made a lot of people say, well, guess this movie doesn't fucking matter anymore because <laughs> right. it's fucking done, right? So a lot of people just wrote it off right off the bat and just said, whatever, I don't care. Um, when the first trailer dropped for it, I was very underwhelmed. Uh, I felt the first trailer was just showing me, hey, guys, we redid X3. Come check it out. <laughs> And I, I was just so disappointed because, like I said, man, you, you, we just talked about it. My love for these films is incredible, and I even like X3. But I felt like the whole trailer was just all the same beats. It was like, oh, Professor X fucking hid the memories and, and the powers of Jean Grey. And uh, there, she's going to go home, and then she's going to destroy the house, and there's a car accident, and she's going to kill all the X-Men, and she's going to go crazy. And it was just like, okay, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. <laughs> like, okay, all we're doing is remaking X3. This sucks. And then the second trailer came out, and I liked it a lot more. And then the third trailer came out, and I liked it a lot more. And I was like, okay, they're starting to win me over a little bit. 
I saw it opening night in IMAX. I actually saw it a, a night earlier. I went to a fan screening um, in IMAX, and I really liked it. <laughs> I really, really liked it, and I was surprised. And, and this circles back, too, because I have to say, a lot of our feelings on movies are obviously based on expectations as well. Sure. Um, sure. And I think, I don't know if maybe the expectations were just so fucking low for this movie <laughs> that <laughs> that I just, I wasn't expecting much. So then to get the joy out of it that I did, I walked out very, very happy. I went back a couple nights later and took my wife to see it. Because, you know, it's funny. My my wife actually really likes the X-Men franchise. Like, she likes the, the groundness of it. And um, so she was like, yeah, let's go watch it. And I was like, I was totally down to see it again. Like, I really liked it. And even watching it the second time, I enjoyed it just as much. I didn't lose anything. I didn't feel like, oh, that didn't work for me like it did the first time. Or any, I didn't have any big, big problems. I mean, there's stuff like Jessica Chastain's character is dumb. Like, there's there's no need for it. It doesn't really do anything. You could probably remove it and still have the same movie. Um, Obviously, I get the feeling that that was supposed to be scrolls and it was supposed to be something totally different uh, in the initial idea. (laughs) And they decided to change that because of Captain Marvel. And, um, And they probably got screwed a little bit because... It didn't really make any sense. They didn't really explain who they were, or what was going on, or what they wanted, and and just why why was she able to get the power if this power was so big and special and destroyed planets and she could just hug Jean Grey and take it like you know like just little things like that. But outside of that, I thought the action was incredible in this film. I thought I did not care for Sophie Turner as Jean Grey in the other t- in the other movie. Okay. But I really liked her in the in Dark Phoenix. I thought she did a great job. I loved her emotion. I loved the way that she connected to it. Um, Mystique dies, <laughs> which was cool. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, that was... Uh, unfortunately, they had spoiled that already online and, and pretty much in the second trailer. In the trailer, um, yeah. But, but they, they weren't hiding that at all. Like, the director came flat out like, yeah, we killed all Mystique. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Like, uh, why would you not <laughs> save that for the movie? But, uh, you know, so it did make that scene a little underwhelming. But at the same time, I still had a little bit of an emotional response to being like, oh, shit, she's dead. Uh, especially with Beast and everything and, and the fact that they had had that scene earlier in the movie where he was like, we're the last of the first class. You know, that they were the, yeah. they were the last that was left and you know they have these new recruits and they're like they're the leaders now and they're you know with all these young kids and um i thought you know cyclops got to do more i loved michael fassbender in this movie i thought the oh, shit yeah. on the island was incredible when he's fucking when she's trying to throw the helicopter and he's pulling the helicopter he's like down and i'm like yeah out. i was like oh my god <laughs> this is so awesome you know and then um the emotion in him when they went full circle and he found out that she had killed Mystique, you know, like because when Jean Grey went to see him and he kept saying, whose blood is that? You know, and she wouldn't answer. And she's like, it's not important. And he's like, well, whose blood is that? And she wouldn't answer. And then fucking when Beast shows up and he's like, you know, you would have wanted to do, you you know, 
what would uh, Mystique want or whatever? And he's like, <gasps> he realizes, and he's like, that was her blood. And he was like, oh, she's going to pay, you know, and fucking like, and he's like, that's who's, you know. And, and then when he does that scene, when he busts in with the fucking train, you know, and he goes head that's to head with dope. her, he's like, I know whose blood that was, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, you know, because I love when movies circle back to shit, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah. just, just connecting that dot of him earlier on being like, whose blood is that? Whose blood is that? And then when he finally gets face to face with her and he's like, I know whose blood that is. And he's just coming for her, you know? And she's like, you here to kill me? He's like, damn fucking straight, you know? (laughs) And he's just ready for it, you know? And just, you know, and just, you know, her crushing the helmet on his head. And um, just like that whole scene outside the apartment was incredible, dude, with, you know, um, with Professor X fighting that other mentalist and they're going back and forth and poor Nightcrawler's like, push, 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 just popping up everywhere trying he's to just like, like stuck. Yeah. He's like, are you okay? He's like, no, <laughs> 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 but you know, but then like storm is blasting shit and everything. And then of course my favorite dude, that train scene. Oh, oh yeah. my God. That was all I wanted, dude. And it, the, that is one of the best action scenes i have seen in a long time like they're all just like handcuffed you know they got the collars on from like deadpool you know that, that restricts their powers and then they're you know and they're like you gotta let us out you're gonna need our help you know and the train starts getting attacked and when they let them go that scene is violent as hell dude i cannot believe how violent that is nightcrawler snapping people's necks with his tail like you know he's stabbing people with it you know magneto's just like slicing and dicing people with parts of the train i mean just like oh my god dude just like you know beast is running around and storms flying above the train shooting everybody with electricity that train scene is so damn incredible dude if it Dude. wasn't for anything else in that movie, that scene would fucking just make me tell you that's a badass movie alone. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, and even Cyclops, man, like yes. he was off by himself. He's like, I'm just gonna carry Gene. I got this. You guys take care of these, and he's just blasting fools. Yeah. That's how Cyclops should be. Like yes. he's so powerful. He looks at you, and you get blasted. Like that's he doesn't need backup. Like that was freaking dope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even even circling back to the beginning, I love the whole like when they rescued the guys at the in the spaceship. Oh, in space, yeah. You know, and and it was Nightcrawler with Quicksilver, and he blasts him in. He's like, I'm buckling everybody all fast, and then they're poofing him back and forth, and just you know, like that scene was awesome, you know. And then like the way they work together in that scene, like seeing them work as a team, like you know, Mystique telling Scott like take out the you know take out the thruster, and then he shoots the you know the thruster to to slow the spinning of the ship, and um. It just the way that they work together in the film, the way it all came together, the action. I just, you know, that movie's only like an hour and 45 minutes. I thought the pace was incredible. It never slows down. It just like goes, 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 and the movie's over. And it's just like, okay. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like I, you know, and once again, like, I'm left scratching my head a little bit because the movie bombed horribly. It made no fucking money whatsoever. Like, it's the lowest performing X-Men movie of all time. Uh, like, nobody went to go see it. It, it debuted at, like, number two, I think, the opening weekend it came out, and it only made, like, $30 million, and then dropped, like, 65% in week two. Like, I don't understand, dude. <laughs> like, I'm just, a, I'm very confused on this movie. And I think, and I, I like I said, I, I am, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people wrote it off beforehand. Oh, yeah. I saw 
I was watching reviews. I watched a lot of YouTube reviews across a lot of these reviewers that I respect and watch. And it was funny to see the 50-50 split of people being like, this movie does not deserve the hate. This is a really fun movie. Go in and enjoy it. To the complete flip side of people saying, this movie is dog shit. There is (laughs) nothing to like about this movie. It's horrible. Like, such a drastic difference of like... Like how? Like I like the ones that, that I'm watching that are saying there's zero to like about this movie, I'm just like, what movie did you watch? Because <laughs> there is so much good in this film. And I can you know, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, but like it was incredible to me to see the the hate that some people were reviewing with it. You know, I mean I think on Rotten Tomatoes the thing's like eighteen oh, percent. I'm yeah, like, I don't understand. You know, yeah. because like I said, then then on the flip side there's a lot of people that are like, Don't listen to the haters. Like it's a fun movie, go enjoy it, which is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the best one. I'm not saying like, you know, this is the end all be all, like it's better than endgame. Like I'm not saying anything like that. But if you go in wanting to see a cool superhero movie with some people with powers and, and eat some popcorn I think you're gonna have a good time, so I don't. I don't really understand it. So I don't know, man. You saw it. Like, what? What was your kind of initial reaction? And even looking back on it now. Well, the funny thing is, I, I, so when I first saw the trailer, I got really excited. I didn't. It took me a few rewatches of the trailer to realize that. Oh wait, this is just um, last stand. But like, I got excited because I saw space, because I saw the Grant Morrison costumes, and I was like, it's not like the like the costumes I was hoping for. But I thought maybe this is just like a temporary costume. They'll wear a dip, like the cooler costume later um, and stuff like that. So I got really stoked. And actually, um, if anyone's listened to our uh, top 10 most anticipated list, this one actually I, – I specifically said it didn't almost didn't make the list. But then it went all the way up to like number six or something because the more I thought about it, the more I got excited because X-Men is my jam. And, um, and I just wanted to – I had – that hope. So where you went in with like the, the more realistic low hope, I started building hope and it got worse after I went to WonderCon because I went to WonderCon and I got to see a sneak peek uh, of the film. The cast was there. Um, the director was there and they showed us the entire space opening scene. We saw that entire scene and then they showed us um, the entire scene from when Cyclops, Storm, Professor X and Nightcrawler bamf into the park and then they go and fight up yeah, to win Magneto. Awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got to see the two best parts in the entire film in that. So after WonderCon, I was like, this movie is going to be fucking dope. <laughs> and then I watched the movie and I couldn't be more down the middle. Um, so, you know, you were talking about the the reviewers or some say it's total utter garbage and some say it's super fun. And I think the difference there is that this movie is, it's two-faced. It, it, it truly is. There's, one side of it, where if you sit there and look at it critically, this is garbage. The The story is stupid. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense at points. Um, the acting is not great, man. I know you said that like you like Sophie Turner in it. I she struggled in moments. No, I thought everybody did very Dude, good in this movie, man. I thought I thought Jennifer, No, terrible. Jennifer Lawrence was really good. I thought no. Nicholas Holt was really good. I th- and that and see, even I will say this is where I think you're really, really wrong because <laughs> even a lot of the reviews I read where they were like, This movie's dog shit, people were like 
I will say the performances were great. Like, like everybody was at least shouting out that it wasn't like anybody slept walk through this film. Everybody brought their A game. They came in. They did their shit. And um, and I I got to agree, man. Like I don't know what you're talking about. I thought oh, everybody no, did a man. really really thought, solid job. I felt like Lawrence was just getting a paycheck. No. Sophie Turner, I felt like was trying but just struggled in certain scenes. I think, of course. Um, you know, Professor X, Magneto, Cyclops, Beast, they all did a great job, but they're just like high caliber actors. So that's, you know, at a different level, I think. But, you know, um, even Jennifer Chastain, and again, not not of any fault of her own, really, it's just the writing no. of the character. I mean, that character, I literally had to look it up, bro. Yeah. And I know <laughs> so much about comics. Like, their race was in like one dude. panel. Yeah. And you it know, was a and guy the, character that she yeah, was. Yeah, <laughs> um, in Avengers, he wasn't even in X Men. He was in Avengers, like it, whatever. So, um, you know, but so critically, I think if you break the film down and look at it in a critical way, I think you could find so many problems and really outline to say why it's a crap movie. But then, if you shift to the other side, like what you said, like you turn your brain off, you eat some popcorn, and you watch a cool action flick. Like if you don't really think about it that much. It's entertaining as hell. Like, especially fuck that train scene, dude. Like, yeah, I was giddy. Not, that, that, <laughs> that, after I saw it, I went on Twitter and just like was like hashtag train scene. Like, yeah, like that's I just. Saw that. I mean, it just that's that's all you need, man. That last scene is just so incredible from an action standpoint. Dude, um, and just, did you lose your mind when Magneto crushes the train? I was yes, like, yes. And then he just kind of like throws it away. <laughs> Hell yeah! And then when Nightcrawler teleports that stupid um, yeah, chick up yeah. in the front of the train, I was yeah. like, that was. And then he cool. looks at her like, yeah. And, yeah. and then He's he like, like bounces you. and she gets hit by the train. I <laughs> mean, yeah, he gets evil dope. as fuck, dude, because they they killed that cop that it was like, my son used to look up to you, and he got real pissed when that guy got killed. <laughs> Uh, but I'll close on, on on two comments. I'm going to give one good, one bad. So the good comment is Cyclops finally got some due. And I thought that, like, that dude, man, that dude, he's badass. Like, he can act with just a visor over his face where you can't really see much. And the fact that they gave him a little bit of, like, I felt like there was growth in his character. And I love, and we heard this in WonderCon, but I love the scene where he's like, if you hurt her, I will fucking kill you I'm like, yes! <laughs> yeah. like that's what cyclops should say like he's that passionate about it so that's that's the one last positive comment i wanted to make but the in the negative and you got dazzler com- oh yeah dude <laughs> that was the best cameo ever and again a subtle thing you don't need a lot you just have a little moment but she's got the right fucking costume and she's got the right fucking power and it works extremely well um and again, you get the, the, the crap villains that are not villains, but Magneto's buddies, the, the two made up characters that were just like assistant. Those should have been and maybe they're not made up. I didn't bother to look them up. Maybe there's some another obscure character, but there's a million characters I could have picked from to have instead of those two dudes. Uh, but anyway, um, the, the one last negative I'll, I'll close off on was the costumes again. Um, you know, it was cool to see that they added the, the Grant Morrison costumes, but I didn't want that to be like the main costume. I thought they were going to get those suits from Apocalypse. And the whole last battle, they're in regular fucking clothes. This is a superhero movie. You're supposed to suit up before you go to battle. Like, give me some fucking suits, man. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Suits. 
I told well those because those suits were in the eighties, man. They were already moved on from those suits by the time the nineties. <laughs> That's a around. good point. It was like <laughs> ten years. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. They were but, all flashy eighties um, costumes. <laughs> but it also messes up the timeline again. So it, <laughs> it seems like after X Men First Class, it's like Days of Future Past would have fixed it, but then Apocalypse takes a different turn, and then you have uh, Dark Phoenix now take another turn. So essentially, you could break it down where we have four or five different timelines. And I, I didn't. I, I was hoping maybe Dark Phoenix might do something to kind of correct that, um, but you know, they, they didn't. <laughs> like correct, like what though? Like what? What would you look for? I mean, the only thing that I could think of is that because she's this, you know, huge solar power in an entity, like maybe somehow she would, you know, recharge something. I don't know. Uh, but like just the fact that. You know, from where we're at, now we have Mystique's dad, so now this definitely doesn't connect to X-Men 1, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, because... Well, I don't Phoenix... think it was ever going to connect to those. I mean, like, like the timeline was reset from the 70s, which meant anything could have gone, you know what I In mean? In a like, different direction. And that's what I'm saying, it's creating these different timelines and yeah. moving further away from continuity. And, and I also will say... We're probably spoiled because of the MCU yeah. and what they have been able to do. Um, but, you know, that that is maybe, you know, oh, the only company that might ever pull that off. Maybe no one else will ever be able to pull it off like them. I mean, DC's trying, but, you know, um, you know, maybe we'll never see something like that again. But I, I, I don't know. I, there was, I, I felt Dark Phoenix was – I'm completely down the middle with half of it I really liked and half of it I didn't like. I couldn't be more just split down the middle if I tried. <laughs> Well, Dark Phoenix also the directorial debut of Simon Kinberg, who uh, wrote a lot of the other previous movies. Uh, he came on and actually wrote The Last Stand, and, and he wrote uh, Days of Future Past, and he wrote uh, Apocalypse. So uh, usually a producer, and um, but he took the directing reins on this one and uh, took it over. And um, seems pretty humble about everything. I read a couple of articles with him talking about the disappointment in the movie and he's like hey i take the full blame on it you know and he tried some stuff and said you know it just didn't work but i do think that the odds were kind of stacked against him like i said i think a lot of people as soon as uh disney bought it out were just like fuck the fox x-men universe and let's uh <laughs> yeah. move, let's uh, they can't wait till they're in the mcu and can fight alongside the avengers you know and just kind of wrote it off so uh it's a little unfortunate at that point that uh a legacy and a movie um, franchise that has stretched almost 20 years and has so much highlights unfortunately ends on such a dour note of dark phoenix um just from a critic and financial you know standpoint um i know the movie cost over 200 million dollars to make and i don't even think it's even remotely close to 200 mil worldwide uh let alone you know it's probably got to make over 400 to make its money back you know and yeah. um so it's gonna be a big big hit um and the real unfortunate side of it too because of how bad dark phoenix did it makes me feel like kevin feige and the mcu are gonna wait another year or two on top of what they were already gonna do to reboot it and to do their thing because they're going to want to create, you know, definitely some separation there so that people don't think that, you know, that's now a part of their universe. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it could it is, work heard, against us. 
I, I agree. And as it is, I, I've heard so many people say, well, this is a, a Marvel movie. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, it was a Fox movie. But, you know, um, I, I, I agree. And I think that MCU, my personal opinion is they're going to probably focus on Fantastic Four first. Yes. And, um, and some of these other teams. Um, I know they've announced a few different stuff. But I definitely think that the, the way this movie shaked out, it, it's only going to. What yeah, you said, it's going it to make them hesitant. They're going to want to get away from it for a bit. Um, I think if they're smart, what they should do is they should at least introduce the idea of mutants. And yeah. kind of maybe you have a couple pop up here or there and maybe some of the other movies. And then kind of bridge it all down the road. But I agree. I think they're going to start with Fantastic Four probably in the next couple years. And then... I'm guessing at the earliest it's probably going to be like 2023, 2024 before we see uh, the you know MCU version of X Men. Yeah, um, and I never thought I would say this, but I feel like Deadpool's probably going to have to be the, the 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 mediator, like you know, because Deadpool can get away with saying things that other people can't. Like Deadpool can explain stuff in a way that is you know actually real in a real world, but also in the fake world. And, and I feel like Deadpool three could at least introduce that next, um, phase before X-Men starts. Yeah. It it could very well. I mean, you know, kind of wrapping back to Deadpool, like we said, if you count Deadpool, you know, we got Deadpool one that came in 2016 that of course, and Deadpool two in 2018 that are both just fantastic films. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. I mean, but some really cool, uh, obviously fourth wall breaking in those movies with, you know, um, you know, one of my favorite lines is, you know, uh, Stuart or McAvoy, I don't you know, which timeline are <laughs> yeah. we talking about here? It gets really confusing, uh, you know, and, and obviously the X-Mansion and the different version of Colossus and no one's ever here and, and the, the quick cameo of all the guys in the, in the study in Deadpool 2 and uh, just, you know, I, I'd like the, you know, the X-Men trainee stuff in Deadpool 2 and everything oh, like yeah. that too. Oh, yeah, uh, But yeah, but, you know, Ryan Reynolds surviving the merger and, um, you know, will be back as Deadpool in, under the Disney umbrella somehow, um, whether they create a separate side label or they decide to, you know, bring back, maybe they keep the Fox name to just be able to do R-rated stuff under um, yeah. you know, they might do something like that as well too, but you're right. They're going to have to probably use Deadpool to kind of be that bridge. Um, cause I see a Deadpool happening before, um, we get a full on X-Men film again. Um, maybe the smarter way to go is to do X-Force, you know, and, yeah. and, and kind point. of let that bring together. That's something new and unique and fresh. And they were already going to do that movie anyway. And, you know, they got the, 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 the ideas lined up for it and they already had a director and everything. I think they should, um, stick with that plan and kind of go from there. What about a Gambit movie? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> they were going to do one um, with, uh, you know, Channing Tatum and, you know, but then five different directors signed on and left <laughs> and they wanted $500 million to make the movie and it just, you know, it didn't pan out. And my uh, heart breaks. I know, I know. The Gambit movie that, that was supposed to come out the same year as Doctor Strange. <laughs> and here we are, you know, many, many years later and uh, still no Gambit movie, which is now officially dead that it's under the uh, Disney umbrella. But, um, you know, and, and it's funny because I, I always said, too, speaking on the Gambit film for a minute, Led, that if they wanted to do that, I think if they were smart, I always thought if Channing Tatum was smart, like, instead of rushing into a Fox production before the buyout, 
you know, like he should have just set up a meeting with Kevin Feige and been like, you know, hey, why don't I hold off (laughs) and we could either do this together or when you reboot the X-Men, you put Gambit in there and I will be your Gambit, you know, and that way we can all make it work, you know, so... Um, but at this point, it doesn't seem like any of that's happening. But I felt like, you know, that should have been the direction they went. I felt like they missed an opportunity with Channing Tatum when they did Apocalypse. Because oh, yeah. he was already cast as Gambit before Apocalypse. He actually got cast right after Days of Future Past. So Apocalypse was a perfect opportunity to introduce Gambit, have him do something. Even if he wasn't in the whole film, have him come in, have him be a part of the team. And then you do the spinoff and you do the solo story after that fact once people get a taste of him, you know. So Makes when uh, when he wasn't in Apocalypse, I was like, uh, what a wasted opportunity right there for sure. Yeah, definitely agree. And and New Mutants too, right? Is that still going to fall uh, under the X-Men yes. umbrella? New Mutants, uh, which was supposed to come out in August in just another month or so. And um, now it's been pushed back another year till April of 2020 because they're going to wow. do more reshoots. Um, I don't know, man. If that thing gets a theatrical release, I will be very shocked. Um, the only way I see it getting a theatrical release right now is if when they do the reshoots, Kevin Feige is involved and they do some kind of riffraff with it to connect some dots and make it a part of the MCU hmm. and they could get away with it since it is new mutants and it's something totally different with characters that we have not seen. So they could try to use new mutants to be the bridge, you know, to show that, that mutants are out there. Um, so if they do that, great. If they don't, and they're just doing reshoots to be like, we want to make it a little scarier. Um, I don't know if it's going to see the light of day, especially after the Dark Phoenix fiasco. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors over the last several months that it could go straight to Hulu, that it could be on the Disney Plus app when that thing launches, you know, and and I have a very big feeling that it probably will be a straight-to-streaming service kind of movie uh, (laughs) at some point, probably early next year. Um, But, uh, like I said, if Kevin Feige gets involved and they decide... They want to salvage New Mutants, which they could have had these conversations already because I feel like when they officially announced that they shifted the release date to April of 2020, it makes me feel like, because obviously at this point, Disney owns it. So if they're saying we want to shift it, we're gonna they're going to still put more money into this thing? A movie that's already been on a shelf for two years? Yeah. And, they're, and now they're going to put more money into it to do reshoots? I feel like there's a bigger plan behind it somewhere if that's the truth. And like I said, and if that's the case, the only thing I can think of that makes sense would be Kevin Feige's involvement to be like, hey, I think we could salvage something with this and make it a part of the MCU. Maybe he got to see an early cut and he and he was like, all right, we can work with this, you know, and, <laughs> and, and maybe we do a little tweak here, tweak there, set it in our world, you know, and, and bring in some people for the reshoots and... Uh, let it go from there. You know, Nick Fury pops up or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It does seem (laughs) weird to put money into it. If it, if, if you're just going to throw it away and like have a, have like, Oh, this is just an extra movie and watch it if you want it. Um, you know, like why bother? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's a Fox movie that's been sitting on a shelf for two years at that point, you just, 
count your losses and you just be like, oh, exclusive new movie on Hulu. Like, go check it out, you know, and, and let it be. But there could be a bigger plan there. So we will see when New Mutants hits uh, next year if, if that will actually be the capper to this X-Men saga <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or if that is a, a new start for the uh, MCU. But um, that's pretty much our wrap-up here. I mean, I, you know, yeah. we have gone through literally 10 X-Men films, you know, like I said, 12, including Deadpool, um, you know, the legacy from 2000 to 2019, uh, Disney, uh, owns the rights now. Like I said, Kevin Feige will insert it into the MCU. I can't wait to see who takes over these roles. I can't yes. wait to see an MCU version of Wolverine that could fight, you know, next to the Hulk. Like, you know, like, that I just, would be sweet. you know, there's just, there's so many things I want to see. It's unfortunate that it's happening after Endgame because they've closed the door and so many other things, you know, that I'm like, man, I kind of want to see, uh, you know, Cyclops with, uh, Tony Stark, you know, and shit yeah, like or but, Cap. Yeah. yeah, definitely with Cap, you know, so it's just like, uh, it's a little, little, little bit of a bummer. Um, but you know, it, it will be cool to see it all kind of come together. And, um, but Hey man, shout out to Fox. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for, you know, the legacy that you did build. Like I said, I will continue to say if it wasn't for X-Men one back in 2000, I don't think we would be where we are today with the comic book world. Um, that is the movie that kind of took the turn, man. We were on one road and then we had a detour with X-Men and we stayed along that road ever since. And now we're getting, super awesome comic book movies every year, multiple times a year. (laughs) Yeah. multiple. uh, Thanks to, you know, really what, what X-Men did way back in 2000. So, you know, uh, any final words from you? Well, no, man. I mean, I just echo pretty much everything you've said and I absolutely agree about the, the X-Men being the start of the thing. Um, you know, it's been great to, to see some of my favorite characters come, come to life on screen. Um, and even if my personal favorites weren't in all the movies, I at least got most of them uh, here or there sprinkled in. Um, so that's been fun. Um, I don't think we'll ever see Hugh Jackman uh, in <laughs> any way, like yeah. ever again. As he was missing in Dark Phoenix, man. It was a little sad. The, <laughs> the only X Men movie without Hugh Jackman. And um, you know, and and I, I think we have a bright future uh, ahead of us. I mean, you know, with Ryan Reynolds and what he did for Deadpool, and which I led the way for Logan, and and I just want to see where that goes next. And and you know, I I do have high hopes that with the MCU taking over because they've done so well with the Avengers stuff. Um, I think we have a bright future for our X Men groups. Um, we just gotta, I don't know which team we're going to see and, and it's hard to guess. I mean, we might get that or actual original first class. Oh, I'm hoping we get the, the nineties group that, that was so popular with the cartoon. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, as, as of yeah, now, it's our, though, chan- it's our chance to get the rogue that we want. It's our chance yeah, to get, you know, the gambit, the and, gambit and the, yeah, all the versions, the Colossus that we really want, you know, Cyclops like, so, we want, so, but, yeah. uh, I do have them ranked. Are we doing rankings or are we, we skipping rankings? You can go ahead and rank them. I, I don't really have a ranking on these. Uh, <laughs> I'm all over all the right. place with these movies. Well, stepping in for DX Omega, I'm going to drop my rank of it. the X-Men franchise films. I will include the Deadpools in here as well. So number Cheater. one, well, I'll start from 12. 12 to 1? Is that how we do it? Yeah. Um, so number 12 is X-Men Apocalypse. I think it's by <laughs> far the worst one. And, um, you know, it was just a struggle to watch, but whatever. 
X-Men The Last Stand makes number 11. I'm sorry, Multiple Man, you couldn't save it for me. Um, Dark Phoenix hits number 10 spot. That train scene was amazing, but, you know, someone's got to be at the back of the line. Um, Number nine, I get Wolverine Origins. Uh, As much as I want Gambit to push it up to one, uh, eh, not quite. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past hits my number eight spot, which I'm sure surprises you, Don. I'm thinking yours is probably up a a lot higher than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number seven, I have the original X-Men. Rewatching it, it doesn't quite hold up as much as I thought it would, um, but I still have a lot of joy for it because of of what it did for me and and for the superhero franchises. Um, Number six, I have is the Wolverine. Uh, Number five, I have Deadpool 2. Number four, I have X. (laughs) Deadpool 2 is better than number one. No no way, not at all. No way. Easily. Uh Easily. I love Cable. Cable is, is up there in, in favorites for me as well. But he, he yeah, no, Devil 1 was just perfect. Um, what about Once Upon a Devil? <laughs> <laughs> actually didn't watch that one yet. Oh, uh, dude, it's great. <laughs> number four, I have X-Men 2, which I actually, for like I said, for the longest time, I thought that was the best. I never thought it would get beat, but um, I did really enjoy X-Men First Class, and that makes my number three. Um, that, that coin scene just completely blew me away. Uh, Deadpool does make number two for me. Um, I don't think it, it, it could have been any better. Um, and then it number could one, Deadpool too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and my number one is Logan. Um, it is literally perfect for me. I feel like they, like I was their number one intended person to watch this movie. I loved every minute of it. It's like they wrote it for me. So, um, yeah, so that's my ranking. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't even want to include the Deadpools into it because I feel like they would just automatically be at the top, which I don't think is fair <laughs> going against like the actual X-Men movies that we're trying to rank here. You know, because I would probably, if, if I had to slap something together right now, I'd say I'd probably agree with you that Logan is there. Prob- and then I would probably be like Deadpool 2, Deadpool 1, you know, Days of Future mm-hmm. Past, um, and then kind of, you know, X-Men 2, uh, the f- uh, first X-Men, um, then the Wolverine, and then Origins <laughs> Wolverine, and then, la- uh, and then probably Dark Phoenix, and then... Oh, wait, no, sorry. First class is way up there, too. See, oh, God, this is so hard, dude. Just wrap it up. And then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, and then, you know, uh, everything else just goes down from there. <laughs> but, um, you know, but, yeah, it's, just, it's hard to throw in the Deadpool movies because I just hold them on such a different level. And because they're, like, comedies, too, they just don't fit in the same world to me as the x-men films you know because the x-men films are so serious and then the devil movies are definitely not um i included them because i mean they really did go out of the way to to go to the mansion they make the comments about the x-men they had the cameos with you know some of the x-men and x-men too so i i I went ahead and included them but i could definitely see not including them as well yeah yeah well ladies and gentlemen that'll do it for us that's talking through the legacy of the fox x-men universe thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this special conversation uh make sure you follow my boy friggins on twitter uh you know tell him uh tell him where to find you man i am on twitter and instagram both under friggins so that's at friggins f-r-i-g-g-i-n-z i-n-z friggins friggins with a z from the streets (laughs) that's right um 
and yeah. I'll be like my I'll be jamming my phone ringer where it's the nineties theme song. They need to bring that movie to the or that song to the MCU. They would. The MCU would have a version of that composed just like they did for Spider Man. So that's gonna be awesome. Uh, so thanks a lot, man, for coming on and recommending that we do this. This was a lot of fun. Um, definitely deserves it. This is a big, long-standing franchise um, that deserves the love that uh, that I hope that we just shared for it uh, throughout the years. So uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter at dxdonmega. Follow the show at am I on the air. It's amiontheair.com. And, of course, everywhere that you could find podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, um, you know, YouTube, everywhere. Just check it out. Am I on the air? This has been Am I Still on the Air? And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace! Red Dragon!